Old Man Logan, Old Man Forge, Old Man Speedball, Jesus Fuck, it's an Old Man Wrinkly Ball Fest in the future. Welcome to episode 54 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the middle of August 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my destiny... Pokemon, oh, you're my best friend in a world we must defend. Pokemon, Patty. <laughs> Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. And when I say leave us a comment and follow us, I'm inviting you to talk to us. We want to hear from you. What'd you think of the episode? What'd you think of these comics? And what do you think of us as human beings? Stop being so bashful, you silly goose. But only leave us comments and ratings if you like us. If you don't like us, you can <laughs> shove it up your ass. And speaking of bashful, you will find none of that here. The only thing we bash is the fash. And we do it with bold and bad language. Bold and beautiful bad language. You get that reference? I've never watched an episode of that show in my life, but it doesn't fucking matter because I think I'm clever and funny. And one of the most important lessons that I've ever learned in my life is that even when no one else laughs at your joke, as long as you think it was funny, then it was worth it. Laugh it the fuck up. And there's your explicit content warning. Yeah, we got we got a bad comment. <laughs> we got Yeah, we got we got a bad review. And it wasn't so much the the fact that it was a bad review, it's the fact that this person was really nasty in he what he commented. Cunts. Yeah, I called us cunts uh, and other fancy and words. grandpas and stuff. Yeah, Just grandpas. Talking about how good the 90s are. Listen, <laughs> if you didn't live through the 90s, you don't know. You don't it know. was so much better. Everybody walked the dinosaur. Everybody walked the dinosaur. They got we on the had, floor. They, they, they got opened, up. They opened they the door. They got on the floor. <laughs> And you know what? We had we had Pogs, we had Ska, we had a saxophone playing, getting his dick sucked president. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you, I, if you weren't there, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> and yeah. now and now that lady uh she uh she sells jewelry and bags and stuff on uh QVC, QVC so good for her. Yeah, good for she her. She got over it. She yeah. Good for her for, uh, you know, making jokes about it and selling her shit on QVC. Yeah. It's turning into the Monica Musings podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just Monica. <laughs> Just Monica. But yeah, so, so yeah, so we got, we got a bad review and it was, the guy was really nasty. And like, the, the thing is, is like, I'm really happy. I'm really happy and I'm really proud of what we've done with this podcast. I never thought we'd have as many subscribers or listeners as we do. Uh, and it's really been amazing over the past three years. But the fact is, it's like we don't have very many ratings or reviews uh, on any podcast apps. So to see the few that we have, which were good, and don't get me wrong, I'm grateful for them. And to have this one in there, you know, it was just, it was really jarring and it kind of rattled me. But I want to thank everybody who, you know, whether you went after that and, and after the, the posts that I made and left a good review or good comments or whatever, like I sincerely appreciate it. But just the fact that some people were just had like good words to say. That means a lot to me, too. And I want to shout out to TK Comics and Carlos, who talked to me afterwards, and, you know, a couple of other people, too, just helped me realize that, like, I need to focus on the positivity and not the one bad thing the one person said. 
like I said, it really caught me off guard, and it was kind of rough. But, you know, all the ratings and reviews could be bad, and and they're not. So... I just I want to thank everybody, and I was sincerely, if, if you have no idea what I'm talking about because you didn't look at it on social media, then that's fine. I want to thank you anyway for listening to us and supporting us for however long you have. This episode is coinciding with our three-year anniversary of the podcast. First episode was published August 19th, 2016. I can't believe that we're still doing this after three years. I'm amazed that it's it's grown to the point that it has. You know, hoping to grow it even further, get more listeners. I've reached out. Both yeah, grow it further. <laughs> Patty and I have each reached out to uh, to uh, writers that we would like as guests on the show. Who knows if that'll happen? I have a couple more in mind that I want to reach out to. It would be awesome to get even bigger. It would be awesome to get paid to do this. Uh, Monster Energy Drink still has not contacted <laughs> us. Uh, neither has Gatorade for Patty. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say we got to start uh, trying to get Gatorade to sponsor me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to leave reviews, don't do it unless you like us. <laughs> Because I need positive reinforcement. I don't do well with negative reinforcement. I'm like a dog. Aw, you're um, a dog. Don't, you know, don't rub my face in my shit. I don't know what that means. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what I'm saying. Whoa, okay. Well, we know where Patty's kink is not right now. <laughs> and um, it's funny because it reminded me of when I worked at GameStop, which was a long time ago, like 11 years ago when I was 16 to like... 21 i kind of worked there like on and off my manager told me that you know we have we have a survey on every receipt and to tell everybody that bought stuff to go and take the survey and give us a review and so i took that very literally i took my job very seriously when i was 16 (laughs) so and we had this lady who was like super mad at me and I told her to do the survey, and she was like, don't worry, I will. And my <laughs> boss was like, no, 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 not like that. Only do it to people who seemed happy with their experience. And I was like, well, that's not what you told me. <laughs> you, were, uh, you were helping take down GameStop, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> also, when you're filling out those surveys, I also worked at PetSmart. So they had like a, I forget if it was five stars or ten stars. I think it might have been ten stars at PetSmart, that but five at GameStop. Yeah. But anything under nine stars counted as like an F. Oh my God. So if you're going to fill out those surveys, you have to do like, you know, 10 out of 10 type of things. If you you would recommend it to a friend, yes. If you've been greeted within the first 10 seconds or whatever, yes. You know, just (laughs) even if it's not true, just lie because, you know, these people are making minimum wage and like they can get in trouble. Just saying. So, so shout outs to you guys, the listeners, and uh, and yeah, but you know, I kind of just say it at the beginning of every every episode, like, oh, leave us ratings and reviews. Eh. I know it's kind of it's kind of hard to actually get people to take the time out and comment and stuff, but I really appreciate the people who have in the past. I really appreciate those of you who saw the message and have since left ratings and reviews. And I know, like, you know, we're going to get more bad reviews, and that's okay because I'm going to take no. this. <laughs> because I'm going to take this as a learning experience and, and I'm going to grow from it. You know, I experienced this awful, awful comment in the one-star review. And like, so, so now the next time that happens, it won't be quite as painful. But anyway... It will I, for me, though, so keep that oh, in mind. Oh, But yeah, uh, I, I really appreciate all of you guys. And so let's get to it. We have a few comics to talk about. And the first one we're going to talk about is Dead Man Logan number 10, because that is a series that is still going on. 
which I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. Because they said they were canceling everything. It cancel, it's all canceled. It's all canceled. X-Men are canceled. X-Men are canceled. We're doing plants now. <laughs> we're doing plant-based X-Men. This is the vegan X-Men. <laughs> so, you should be thrilled. <laughs> I didn't even read the last issue of this, so I had to read that and this one. Oh, no. It was really good, though. Yes. But it was really sad. Yeah, it was. It was people. It, it was sad. Maybe. I still really like this this series. I don't know. I mean, like we know that this is gonna have to end with with Logan, with old man Logan actually dying. I think they they did something smart though. I'm sure they did this on purpose. Is that like in the twelve issues you have like the first half of the series taking place in the six one six until he gets back to you know the the wastelands his his own his own time and place and you know so now we have like house of x and everything going on so now he can't be part of that cuz he's in his own world um so the whole thing is like logan has made it to old man forge's like safe house and uh, in the last issue we saw old man speedball who's basically just like because you know if he like puts too much energy out if he bounces or whatever there's gonna be like some big fucking explosion or something it's gonna be bad so that was kind of sad i didn't know where they were gonna go with that but it doesn't matter because Sabretooth found them Sabretooth, and it turns out that Sabretooth's goons are all clones of Sabretooth. saber teeth saber teeth saber teeth saber tie if you will but so how do how do we fight all of them you know there's only there's a little brucey boy who has to be locked away so nobody catches him so you've got you know dwight ant-man kid You've got Logan, Forge, and Forge's wife. So we break out the mechas. It's mecha time. This mecha turned time. into an anime. Also, Danny was there. Danny was there. And uh, luckily, the saber teeth were not cloned well, and their healing factors are kind of shitty. Yes. So he can kill them, no problem. But the issue is that there's so many of them that there's no way that just the four of them can take out all of these clones. They can't take them all on at once. No. There's too many at one time. <laughs> it's just way too many at one time. And yeah, so Sabretooth ends up catching Bruce. So Forge and his wife are like, you two, like, this is not as important. If he gets Bruce, you know, that's like more important. You guys have to go and follow him. So they did. They were driving away and trying to catch up to Sabretooth, and the confinement Speedball was in opened, and there was this alarm going on saying Code Black, and he was just walking around like, excuse me, where's the safe room? What do I do? Where do I go? He basically managed to find his way to, like, a balcony, and he was looking over and seeing what was going on, and at this point, Forge had locked Dwight into the safe room and basically, like, knocked him out so he'd be there for, like, 48 hours yeah. or something because mm-hmm. he didn't want this kid to die. So Speedball saw what was going on. He knew it was, like, unwinnable. So he basically just fell off the balcony, made this huge explosion. That was and, so fucked up. Yeah, and Forge and his wife knew what was coming, so they just, like, kissed and said goodbye and... Well, yeah, but, like, Forge told him to jump, basically, and he's, you know, like, you can see him hesitating and then kind of stepping off and holding his nose, and then, yeah, it's a mushroom cloud. Just a fucking mushroom cloud. Like, and the thing is, is, like, you know, I take notes every time uh, I, I read a comment that we're talking about, but, you know, I'm reading this, and I, I'm, I typed up, like, I cannot wait for Robbie to bounce. Like, I wanted to see this explosion or what was going to happen, and it wasn't, a, <laughs> it wasn't a bounce. I shouldn't be laughing, but, yeah, it was a mushroom cloud, and fucking Logan and Danny could see it from, like... 
you know, over the horizon. It was such a huge explosion, and it was so fucking sad, you know? Like, I've never cared about Forge very much as a character, but, like, you just kind of have to automatically like him here because he's trying to help old man Logan, and he's old. And he's married. And he's married, you know? And, And Speedball, you see that Speedball is in such a terrible situation. Like, what kind of life quality of life was he living that way and then you know just to take a step off that balcony it's almost like you know that was kind of like a (laughs) death was like a sweet release for all of them because it was a miserable and scary existence and i'm uh i'm making my way through new warriors for the first time shout outs to the 90s yeah (laughs) better time i love speedball him and namorita are my favorites and so seeing this was really, really upsetting because Speedball. I love him. Speedball was so terrible uh, early on, though, before New Warriors. Like his um, his solo series, I think it was by Steve Ditko. It was just, it was it was bad. Um, he had like a mullet. He looked ridiculous. <laughs> but the best part of that entire thing was the cat, Hairball, who was in the room when that like experiment went awry and bombarded Robbie with all the fucking bounce particles. Hairball got it, too. And uh, so you had a bouncy cat, and I love that fucking cat. He was he was the best. He was absolutely the he best. He was in like one issue of New Warriors. Yeah, it was just uh, Robbie trying to like catch him, kind of. <laughs> he he uh, he was featured in like the Tales of the Pet Avengers series, um, which were amazing. He was such a jerk, but he was so good. I loved him. But yeah, so so obviously, you know, uh, Danny and Logan are fucking chasing after Sabretooth to get little Brucey boy back. And I'm sure that it'll happen and everything is going to be fine. And what I think, like, you know, this series, there's only two issues left, so it's almost over. But obviously, old man Logan has to die. And I feel like it's going to happen with Sabretooth. I have a feeling that the two of them are going to take each other out. That, like, Logan is going to end up killing Sabretooth again. And then he's just going to drop dead right there, probably with Danny and Bruce around him if i if i had to guess um but i could be wrong i was very wrong about how this series was gonna go when it started with the whole mysterio thing so i could very well be wrong again Uh, who knows who knows what's gonna fucking happen maybe uh old man forge will come back as a zombie and fucking kill logan (laughs) i just really like this series and i'm glad that there's something else going on now in addition to hawks and pucks because i'm not crazy about those books you're crazy i'm crazy (laughs) but yeah, there's only two issues left. I figure they're like all crazy about their old mans now. That crazy old mans. Crazy old mans that if they wanted to, they could potentially continue this series without old man Logan, mm-hmm. just with Danny and Bruce Jr. Danny man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> or they could I clone mean, Logan and it could be clone man Logan. <laughs> I feel like there's too many Logans, but I mean, they could continue this story if they want to, but I feel like it's pretty much run its course at this point. I mean, Old Man Logan was like probably longer than it needed to be. Logan Man Logan. Logan Man Logan. And the sequel will be Logan Logan Logan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I see where you're coming from. Uh, I enjoyed when Ed Brisson was on the ongoing series, though. Uh, I enjoyed his stories much more than I enjoyed uh, Jeff Lemire's. And yeah, but then, you know, we get this we get this whole fucking Dead Man Logan thing. It's like, how much longer is it going to drag out? But, you know, he is, he is a great character. He's an old wrinkly Wolverine, you know? I mean, what, what more, more could you want? What more could you want than an old wrinkly man Wolverine? So it's good. Sad that it's going to be over soon, but uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they're going to finish this off and if it's going to be something predictable how sad it's actually going to be uh, when it's done. 
Next comic we're talking about is House of X number two. And this is all about Moira X. Before there was an Adam X, there was Moira the Extreme. So little known fact, Adam the Extreme took the mantle over from Moira the Extreme. Aha. That makes sense. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. She she might be reclaiming that title. They're going to have uh, like a heavyweight championship for the belt. Are you calling her fat? Don't fat no. shame. <laughs> She's not Moira XL, Patty. <laughs> uh, we both got spoiled from push notifications from Google. You know how they have like news articles and stuff. I've never gotten one before, but we still both somehow got push notifications to our phone from Bleeding Cool with a spoiler right in the headline. Moira's said, a mutant. Yeah, Moira's a mutant. And <laughs> we were like, what? what? How are you such a dick? Bleeding cool. Yeah. Fuck bleeding cool. Bleeding dick is more like yeah, it. Oh, 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 dick. whoa, whoa, whoa. That's gross. Nope. I take it back. I take those words back. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because, you know, they're not, I don't feel like they're, they're a reputable website. So they have to get clickbait bullshit for somebody who's going to look at that and be like, they may not be paying attention to the X-Men right now. Like, oh, what? Moira's a mutant? Let me look at what's going on. But then there's people like us who, you know, because they're tracking our phones and our browsing history and shit like that, that, you know, we, we get something like that popping up. And we can't really avoid it. People on Twitter are generally, uh, people, people are generally good using the X-Spoilers hashtag so you can mute that when they're going to discuss it, like the day it comes out, like the morning it comes out. And, of course, you know, there's a couple of spoilers on Instagram and on Facebook. I mean... Yeah, it's like 4 o'clock in the morning on the (laughs) East Coast, and some of us have jobs. (laughs) I mean, you know, I wasn't... Like, people are going to be people. Not, like... I wasn't angry about it, but it was annoying to see that coming from, uh, like, a geek website. Like, it it just... it, It really is. But it is what it is. It didn't take away from the story. Like I said, it was just a little annoying. Um, this was still a really interesting read, I think. Although it it is a little confusing in a in, little in one listen in one way, but one very important way, which we'll get to. And there's probably going to be answers to that. But I thought this was really interesting. First, it it you know it starts off with a pun. At least I took it as a pun where Moira says something about being right as rain. And I'm just like, oh, I see what you're, it's Wolfsbane. Because her name is Rain. Oh. Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. Her name is Rain. No, I thought it was Ronnie. No, it's Rain. It's Rain. <laughs> it's not Ronnie. Yeah, I know. You Americans with you your pronunciations. You told me it was Ronnie. I said no such thing ever in my life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. It doesn't sound anything like no, me. No, I actually had <laughs> been reading it as Rain. Then Jonathan's like, no, it's Ronnie. So then I started reading it as Ronnie. So I'm just saying though, Jonathan is wrong. And even I was right. though they have said rain in the books before, and I didn't make that connection. Because yes, and I did. That doesn't look anything like the word rain. The way that we in the United States spell the word rain, I don't know how you spell it elsewhere in the world. Yeah, but you know how, like... In England, their spellings of certain words like have extra letters on them. For no, some they reason. have. They have. They put U's in. Where or is E's. the? Where is the U in rain? It's not Raune. <laughs> well, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, so Moira's a mutant. We go through the first life. You know, she's got kids, none of whom are named Kevin. So what? And then she got grandkids, and then she dies. Wait a second. And then she comes back, and she's in the womb. And as a kid, she remembers her time in the womb, and she wants to pursue, like, her studies. And she starts talking about being, like, a passive participant or an active participant in your life. And you're kind of like, wait a second, this is, like, 
Her power is what? Remembering everything that happens and in her past lives? And so I guess her power is reincarnation. It's really weird. And it was really funny to see the first time... Okay, well, no, the first time she goes to meet Xavier, her plane crashes. And I'm sorry, that was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, I had funny. to chuckle at that. Because it's just, uh, I'm on the plane, and then, you know, the fucking text box is like, and the plane crashed. I'm like, what? what? But when she first meets him, this was funny, because she's like, he's got a thinly veiled god complex. And I'm like, oh my god, she hates him. That's, that's kind of interesting. But then she she makes a cure. She thinks that, you know, mutants, being a mutant is a curse. She's got, like, feelings of contempt for Xavier. And this was, like, my favorite part of the issue. And I thought it was really interesting in this issue what, what you know, Hickman did here. First, you've got Destiny. Like, because Moira wants to make a cure, like, obviously Destiny can see the future and where that's going to lead. And us as X-Men fans all know where that leads. It's not just, like, oh, for people who want it. Like Moira says, she's like, no, it's not going to be for those who want it. They hate us, and this is going to eliminate our entire race. And she tells Moira, like, if you try this again, I will find you. Like, doesn't matter. Like, your your next life, I'm going to know. I'm going to find you. Change or die. Help people, or I'm going to annihilate you in all of your lives to come. And more than that, she tells Moira, like, you've got, like, this isn't infinite. You've got 10, maybe 11 lives. Like, you know, Moira's like, oh, how do I know I need to, I should believe you? And Destiny's like, you're a scientist. How would you test this out? I thought that was amazing. Yeah, because Moira was like, how is that possible? And Destiny's like, well, if you die before your, you know, if you die before puberty, yeah. your mutation won't take place and you'll just die a normal life. Yeah, and then you're just, you're dead. Your mutant power is not going to kick in. You ain't coming back. But the best part of this was Pyro. And he goes, yes, mother? I was like, the politest boy. The politest boy. It was so good of him. And just the, the panels, the art in this is incredible. Just seeing him burn her alive as they're standing there. Like, it's rough, but oh my God. I just, I loved it so much. Yeah, no, the art... Say is, good things about my boy. The art, especially <laughs> on Destiny's Mask, was gorgeous. Pyro was a badass. Yes. And I was... I was just thinking about this yesterday, maybe, because we didn't really get a whole introduction to the whole More Islands thing, but maybe she got multiple man because this is her power. She's like multiple woman, but in a different way. <laughs> There's let's, let's push this conspiracy theory right now. She is the multiple woman. Yes. That, that is multiple woman Moira. Multiple Moiras, multiple women. That's that's how she works. Yes. <laughs> But then, you know, it gets even crazier because we see these other lives. You know, obviously Pyro killed her, but then she comes back and it's like, all right, I'm going to give Xavier a try. But still, you know, humans still wipe out mutants. In another life, they keep to themselves away from humanity, but humanity still comes from them and everybody dies. And then she becomes an assassin that tries to kill all the fucking Trasks, and she does. But some human still comes up with some other version of a Sentinel that comes and kills mutants anyway. So let's try Magneto, let's try Apocalypse, and that was nuts. Seeing her with the A and the guns standing beside him fighting, it was absolutely crazy. But then finally, you know, it's her, she's, it's, it's her 10th life. She's almost at, at, like, you know, time's almost up for her. She can't keep doing this. And she comes to Xavier before he's even put the X-Men together and is like, read my mind. 
You know, like, I'm, I've met you before. I'm going to show you everything that happens. And so that's, like, the most important page in X-Men history. And supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. She reveals everything to him and that, and that things cannot continue going the way they're going. Even, even Xavier putting together the X-Men, okay, and then, you know, and then the international team of X-Men, and then Claremont, and then Jim Lee, and Chuck Austin, and all that stuff, like, it, it can't happen like this, because they're still gonna make machines that are com- that are going to come and annihilate us, so we have to do something different. And so what I thought was neat, too, was at the very end of the issue, all those different timelines running across the page, showing the big moments that have happened. And that was really neat. And uh, I mentioned, you know, some of the stuff by Hickman that I've read. It's been also many years since I read Pax Romana, but I feel like he finished off that series. It was very short with the same sort of thing, with these timelines and events that happened. Maybe he had a bigger story to tell and they didn't want to give him as many issues as he wanted. Maybe he just likes his charts <laughs> a lot, <laughs> which he seems to. But either way, I thought it was it was really interesting. But now the question here, uh, the, the fucking gaping... The gaping hole in all of this is, yeah. <laughs> is she changing time when this happens? Or is this taking place on like a separate alternate sort of universe? Are we still in the 616? You know, because because if she keeps repeating her life as a baby, grows up, you know, then everybody else has to come back with her in order for her to meet Charles at that dr- at what they call the dream. You know, where at year zero, at the dream where Xavier, before he put together the X-Men. How does that work? Because I feel like we we are in the same universe. Part of me wants to feel like we're still in the same universe where Xavier put together the X-Men and everything we know has happened. But how is Moira sort of time traveling to change that, to get back to that point, to meet Xavier and try to change the future. Is she is her DeLorean? (laughs) Moira McFly. Yes. That's that's her real name. Multiple woman Moira McFly. It's what all of her friends call her. Perfect. Yeah, good. But yeah, that's that's all I can really think of is that that consciousness or whatever that must be some form of not just like reincarnation but also time travel that's happening how else can you answer that and i i read this book twice and i don't feel like that was mentioned so it wasn't maybe it's supposed to be implicit you're just supposed to be like oh time travel sure and i feel like though that that has to be answered at some point but as of right now i'm just kind of assuming that it's not just reincarnation but it's also a form of time travel what do you think i don't know i mean it's really confusing that's something that i brought up too that like it's not like she's continuing living, you know, 10 lives consecutively. She's living the same life over and over. So I don't know. Are they just Groundhog repeating? Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day until until she dies permanently. Like they're just stuck in this loop over and over and nobody knows it. Which seems crazy because I feel like she is some of the powerful mutants should know that. Like Jean should know. I mean, Destiny does, but she didn't. I don't know if she realized that she's stuck in this loop. She's got nothing in common with Bill Murray, to be honest. Yeah, Bill Murray is much better. <laughs> you think Bill Murray is better than Moira McTaggart? Absolutely. Really? No questions. What about Bob? Patty, what about Bob? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what about Bob's good movie? That's that's the next thing that we have to watch. Okay. 
and Jurassic Park. Uh. We have to what? Why? You were just Patty. Literally before we started recording, immediately before I pushed record, Patty was doing the dinosaur. She was getting on the floor, coming in the door, and trying to make everybody do the dinosaur. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we watched Hackers. We watched Hackers, you guys. Yes. Who else has seen Hackers? Raise your hands. Good. I see you. I see you. Yeah, we watched Hackers. Angelina Jolie showed her boobie. Showed her one boob nipple. Yes. <laughs> Just the one boob nipple, and not the other one. she was like completely flat so i was like what is that like really her nipple because it could have just been like stunt nipple yeah it could have been like a stunt nipple it was my nipple that's what i was thinking <laughs> but <laughs> didn't it look familiar i don't know she <laughs> she was she was young and you know i feel like uh hollywood takes advantage yes, of absolutely young actors yeah there to was... do whatever like there was no reason for her to show her nipple no. none whatsoever no not at all but you know it happens yeah it did it did. And it was a great movie. It was so great. Real sign of the times. Real sign of <laughs> sign of things to come. The villain was the best. Mm-hmm. He was he was the plague. Yes. This is not Eugene. It is the plague. Yeah, he even said that to his sexual partner. <laughs> Lorraine Bracco. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't remember her name in the movie, but she's Lorraine Bracco. There was, uh, Shaggy was in it. Shaggy was in it, Matthew and Lillard. he looked exactly the same as he did in Scooby-Doo, <laughs> so I don't know. And he looked like he was, like, about 40 in this movie, and then he what? looked like he was about 40 as Shaggy, so I don't know, it was confusing. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to Hawks, uh, I did enjoy this issue again. There's, like, this one big, glaring, gaping question that we don't have answered yet. I feel like it will be. I feel like, you know, he Hickman is like hitting these large plot points and just kind of filling in some of the details like we're finding out more as we go along. But really what's what I thought was neat too is how House of X number 2 tied right into Powers of 10 number 2 because so, you know, Moira reveals like, you know, everything that's going to happen to Charles Xavier, read my mind. So you have to change something, right? So what do they do? Moira and Xavier, at the beginning of Powers of Ten, number two, they go to meet up with Magneto, and they're going to try talking to him. I just I thought the dialogue here was really great. I could hear Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart when they were talking, saying like, old friend. It was really, it was really cool. So yeah, Magneto takes off his helmet, and fucking Charles chose Magneto. Everything that's going to happen, we see like... All the stuff that's going to happen to Magneto in his future that he doesn't know yet. Like that cover, I think it was of Uncanny number 200, where he's, you know, still has that costume with the big M on his chest. And like, you know, he's got, he's fucking like shackled. And he sees like all this stuff that's going to happen. And their idea is that they have to change something. Like we were both wrong. We have to do something different. And it was crazy. You know, then we, uh, it seems like this is what, is happening in Powers of Ten. We're getting these four different timelines. So then we jump to year 10, which is, I guess, the present. You know, they're looking at this mother mold in the present and trying to figure out how they're going to take it down and stop it. And they're talking about Orcus and these different organizations that are, like, coming together to to create Orcus. And uh, I thought it was really, 
really neat that Magneto mentions that they've held their nose close enough to Operation Paperclip to even recruit some Hydra members. And and yeah, they're willing to recruit fascists to help because Operation Paperclip was really a thing. After World War II, both the United States and Russia separately recruited uh, like some Nazi scientists, engineers, and technicians in order to kind of have the one-up over each other uh, in the fucking Cold War. So I thought that that was a neat reference. That is a neat reference, and I didn't know that that was a thing. Fuck Hydra and fuck Nazis. Yes, fuck Hydra and fuck Nazis. There we go. There's the title of our episode right there. <laughs> Good, great. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so so the whole thing is like they want to, they need to stop Mother Mold before Nimrod happens because that's that's like the point that everybody's everybody's scared of this Nimrod happening. And I love how good Scott is. He's like. Does it need doing? Xavier goes, yes. And he goes, then it will be done. He is such a good boy. You're going to lean in and you're going to say something bad about Scott right now, but Scott is a good boy. I was going to say something different. So Nimrod, okay, this is, this is what I remember from a post that I read on Tumblr and did zero fact checking about. So I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm (laughs) just going to tell you as if it were a fact. Uh So Nimrod meant Hunter. Yeah, like a good hunter. Yeah. And because of there was a character in Bugs Bunny. Yes. And he was kind of like an idiot and Bugs Bunny called him Nimrod. And so everybody thought that that meant like dumbass. Yes. So I was always reading X-Men like why is yes. there a character named Nimrod? Literally like- same. Absolutely same. When I was a kid, I was growing up, see him on the cards, see him in the comic books, whatever. And I thought Nimrod, I'm like, why would they name him that? That means stupid. That's like, it's not something you, you name somebody. I read that somewhere else too. Like on Twitter? Instead of Tumblr? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's because Twitter Twitter has better facts than Tumblr. Yeah, they do more <laughs> fact checking on Twitter than they do on Tumblr. I mean, there's no porn anymore. <laughs> I mean, that, and that is a fact. So yeah, so then we get to... Year 100, and the remaining X-Men, I guess, or mutants, are working for Apocalypse. And that is, you know, that is pretty fucking dope. And what they stole was some data. They need to find the specific point in time, I guess, to stop something from happening. And since machines record every single thing that happens in every single day, it's like looking for a single... I think it was Cardinal that said it, like looking for a single grain of sand on a beach. But they need to stop... I guess, Nimrod from happening. You know, obviously we, we saw these characters in the last issue too, but I saw this Groot looking motherfucker and I was like, all right, if that's a mutant, that's gotta be Black Tom. We've seen a Black Tom tree before. Like that's not new, but there's this line that he says about this body once belonged to a mutant who could communicate with anything. So is Doug? Obviously. I was perfectly fine with calling this Krakoa Tom. Krakoa Doug doesn't have the same nice ring to it. Tommy, Tommy Tree. Tommy Tree Tones. See? That would have even worked. You can't do Dougie, Dougie Dogwood. That works. That works. Fine. Dougie Dogwood. I, I was trying to think of something clever. <laughs> Drink your Psychoa. What? Psychoa. Why is it Psychoa? Who's a psycho? Cypher. Koa. Sifoa. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I like Psychoa. <laughs> it's got psycho in the word. I know. That's why it's good. <laughs> all right but then we go to the fourth timeline you know what a thousand years and we see a little bit of it 
But, you know, most of this, this turns into, like, sort of a book book, again, which Hickman seems to like doing. Which It's more like an encyclopedia. <laughs> and, like, they're like, you have to memorize all this information for your final. Here it is. Encyclopedia Hickmania. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Why do I need to know all this stuff? Like, your your test is next week, and you need to <laughs> memorize what all these things mean or nothing is going to make sense to you anymore. And I just kind of glossed over it because I'm like... <laughs> I'm not going to remember what all these words are. Words and no pictures? You lost me. Now, I'm really bad with charts. Even when I was in, like, algebra, that was, like, the one thing that I had trouble with. There were charts in algebra? Yeah, like, the X and Y axis, and you had to... Oh, my God, don't... (laughs) It's my fucking nightmare. It took me three decades to understand that. It still doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand charts. They just don't make sense in my brain. No, like, the fucking X and Y and the slope and all that kind of shit? No, no. slope and intercept. They tried to teach... They tried to teach me that in in grade school, in middle school, and in high school. And it did not work until I was like 30 years old for whatever reason. I was able to finally get it then. I don't remember anything about it. Like if you were to test me right now, I would fail that shit. But but I managed to do very well when when I was like 30. So whatever. It's over with. I'm never using the fucking slope again. We're never going down the slopes. No sloping. No sloping or skiing on the slopes. We're going to walk. Where was that called? The cross country? We're going to ski walk. No sloping. This whole thing, a thousand years in the future, is very brief. And then we get to, you know, the fucking, the words and the charts and the pictures and that aren't comic pictures. And it was, it was fine. You know, for me, it, it adds a sort of different dynamic to the comic book. I don't mind it. I kind of like it in a way. This one happened to be a little bit longer. And what has helped me is I take notes. You know, everything that we're going to talk about, I take notes on it, and I think that helped me a little bit, too, start to actually, like, understand this the way that I'm hoping it's supposed to be understood. But so there is this fucking gas giant, Nibiru, like, way out in space. A hundred of the greatest scientists' minds were crammed into a Nimrod, and they fucking shot it off. It landed on Nibiru. The fucking Nimrod started uh, turning the world into memory farms and logic crystals, and it became a world mind. And so the phalanx is coming to eat the world mind. This is a little blue alien guy, Xavier Apocalypse, I don't Smurf. know. <laughs> this is X-Men Smurf this crossover. Is, this is X-Smurf. X-Smurf. Yeah, the X-Smurf guy, he's there. He tells the phalanx that he wants ascension, ascension, right? So we see that there's these different types of societies. One species intelligence is a machine. Ten equal a hive. A hundred to ten thousand are a world mind. And apparently, like, the hive doesn't work because there's repressed individuality of each machine overwhelms the hive, which I thought was interesting. And I kind of looked at that as, like, I don't know, almost a parallel to society. What, that, like, if you have these different, a few different species or whatever, like, the repressed individuality doesn't work. But for whatever reason, at 100 to 10,000, it does work. They all act in harmony toward a collective goal, which... Sounds like metric system propaganda for fucking commies to me. Because we're looking at all these round numbers, 10, 100, 10,000, 10,000. It's fucking all metric system. And yeah, the more you have, the more harmony toward a collective goal is. This bullshit. So the answer to world peace is the metric system. Stop. Stop. Don't push your commie metric propaganda on the show, Patty. We're not doing this now. It's so confusing when my friends don't translate, like, what things are. Like, oh, it's like 10 kilometers. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. That's that's a bunch of b- 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 meters, which is a b- 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 micrometers, centimeters, centimeters, centimeters. 
They are sentient meters. But but I think Fahrenheit is better than Celsius. Why? Because it makes more sense. Why? Because like if you say like twenty degrees Celsius, what does that mean? It means it's warm. It what? <laughs> but like the difference between like twenty degrees Celsius and like twenty five degrees Celsius That's is like not. twenty degrees here. <laughs> so like I feel like there aren't enough numbers and they're not spaced out enough and also i feel like fahrenheit it's like on a scale of 100 like how does it feel oh it feels like it's like 90 degrees out oh it's fucking hot oh it's like it's like a 10 out of 100 oh that's pretty really it's pretty it's pretty cold you know you're really cold yeah we got more numbers yeah fahrenheit's got more numbers in the celsius we have all the numbers we got the best numbers come join the fahrenheit and it's like it's like on a scale of 100 so like it makes more sense you know? It is Celsius. It is not Celsius, Patty. Okay? <laughs> yeah, so society at 10,000 species intelligence, that's the technarch. We know that as Warlock. You know, like, we know who Warlock is. So, so the world mind that Nimbus was, it was a singular intellect, but also a planet, and the phalanx consumes lesser societies, right? And the phalanx is as big as a galaxy, not like the world mind, which is literally like a planet. You I know, don't understand anything you're saying. Ascension is what occurs when phalanx consumes a society, and little Xmurf said to the phalanx, we want ascension. So, so Xmurf wants the phalanx to consume the world mind, which is Nimbus? It's, it's really weird, and I sort of I sort of get it. You know, Xmurf is part of this world mind, and he says to the phalanx that he wants ascension. So the phalanx is going to consume that world mind. So we're all supposed to be one? That's the message? Again, it's more commie propaganda. I don't know. This was very confusing, and just throwing all these words and definitions at me just made me, like, want to punch somebody in the throat i'm glad i wasn't there when you were reading it then thank you <laughs> i just i just kind of read it and just went like Ugh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna learn your millimeters and centimeters and whatever the yeah fuck. light it on fire but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to burn it in degrees celsius patty i'm gonna fucking scream <laughs> i still thought it was enjoyable but yeah it's not it's not like every not everything is obviously revealed yet and I, I feel like this is coming together in small details when we first saw Xmurf, we had no idea what the fuck that was do we know now no we don't what, we, i was gonna say what did you learn that i didn't learn that he's part of a world mind but i like, don't even know what that means but what is that <laughs> that's why you have to read definitions I you have to did, read but your hickman encyclopedia i did but it's just too confusing <laughs> So yeah, but but we don't know what this is going to do in the context of the story yet, is what I'm getting at. You know, we have, like, he gave us sort of definitions, but that still doesn't tell us what is happening in the context of this bigger story that he's putting together. What's our, you know, but but I still kind of enjoyed each one of the stories separately, primarily the first three. Because like I said, this last one, like, what does this have to do with anything else? The first three seem completely tied together. Right? Moira revealing that she's a mutant to Charles Xavier at year zero. Fine. Makes sense. So when we get to year 10, they're trying to take out Mother Mold. Makes sense. In year 100, something went wrong. They must have failed. They're trying to fix something. Again, apocalypse there, whatever. All makes sense. So what is this year 1000? You know, that's what, that's what we don't really get. But we do, and we have seen this little piece of Nimrod hanging out with X-Smurf. What is that about? So it seems like Nimrod did still come into existence at some point 
but he's not ready to fucking kill everybody. So I don't know. Do you know? I don't know anything. You got all the inside dope on I... all this. You got to tell me. The inside dope? Yeah. I don't smoke dope. What? <laughs> Patty, you don't remember it? We used that term all the time in the 90s. We weren't talking about I drugs. don't remember it that. It was the inside info, the inside knowledge, the inside dope. Inside trader. <laughs> no, don't do inside trading. That's a different thing. The Martha, Martha Stewart, Stewart did, did that. She's a gangster. And then she got to hang out with Snoop Dogg and get yeah. high. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. No, don't get high. Don't go to jail. Don't hang out with Snoop Dogg. Do you know that song, Because I Got High? Because by Afro Man. I hated that song. I love that song. I hated that song. Do you know my brother loves that song? And he's never. Your brother is a policeman. He's never (laughs) smoked weed in his fucking life. How does your brother love that song? I don't know. That song came out when we were like teenagers (laughs) or like a little bit younger. And he just thought it was so funny. And I did too. So I know every word to that song. Daddy, stop it. Oh my God. So. We're talking about Hickman, not the Afro Man. <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad you like this story. I'm glad other people like this story. I don't. So good for you, everybody. <laughs> uh, round of applause. Uh, I don't feel like this is an X-Men book. I feel like this is Advanced Physics <laughs> 300 or something, where just like I just like walked into the wrong classroom and I have no idea what's going on. It makes me feel really stupid. You're not stupid, and... though. I promise. Everybody knows. Patty's the best. And I feel like I've just been complaining about everything lately, and I, I apologize. I don't want to be, like, you know, Debbie Downer, but I just really specifically hate these books more than anything that I've read recently. Debbie Downer as opposed to Patty Positivity. Exactly. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> no, it's okay, though. I mean, I think so. You know, because, like, I, I and I feel like I've stated this before, is that... Um, we, as much as we like a lot of the same things, we tend to sometimes have very different opinions on some of the particulars with those things. Like, I like white chicks, and Jonathan likes... (laughs) The movie. Smart movies. But I also like you, the white chick. Like, uh... Patty's a white chick. Jonathan likes Donnie Darko, and I like white chicks and mean girls, and stuff like that. (laughs) Donnie Darko was a good movie. It was a movie. A grown-ass man in a bunny suit. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I, I kind of, you know, I, I like it sometimes when we have these different opinions on these different things. So if anybody listens, you know, they can be like, if they like it, then they can be like, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, Jonathan. I sort of agree. And if they don't like it, because there are people that don't like this, I they can be... Seen- very few people who it's don't true. like it. It's true, but at the same time, I feel like some people might just be more afraid of coming out and being like, hey, I really don't like this. I don't, I don't know, because this is like... Marvel made a big deal out of this, right? And they're yeah, doing a lot of yeah. And I feel of... like I have to like it, but you don't. That's, <laughs> and that's that's. And I'm not saying like you, Patty. Like no, but like you don't. If you don't like this, you don't have to, and you can share that again as long as you're not a dick about it. If you come at like Jonathan, you're a fucking moron. This book sucks. Bleh, you're a piece of bleh. Like you know, don't you don't have to be mean, but like if you don't like it, like that's fine. Like I would, I I understand where Patty's coming from i'm just looking at it like in a different way that's all and so i kind of appreciate when that happens but i just like you know generic x-men story there's a bunch of x-men there they're fighting people (laughs) 
smack him in the face, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, go back to the home, have I sex. That's, that's, that's an a, X-Men story. That's this is a, not an X-Men story. That's, uh, the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am isn't a fight. I don't think that means what you think it means, It Patty. means what I think it means. <laughs> so they, they, they fight the, they fight the bad guys, go home, fuck each other. Bang their ma'am. drama. <laughs> yeah, I have, they have all the drama, everybody's dating each other, and everybody's fucking each other, and everybody's cheating, and whatever, you know, just typical good X-Men story. Sounds like... Just give me a soap opera. You just did X-Men the soap opera. So you're in it for the sex and violence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm a man of expensive tastes. <laughs> but... But I have a feeling a lot of this is going to change once um, Hawks and Pox are over and we get Thank to the God. <laughs> we get to the Wave One titles. It, Those seem like more straightforward, even if the the storytelling is a little different. You know, each one of them is going to be each one of those books has an individual creative team. You know, Hickman might have this whole thing sort of orchestrated generally, and of course, editors are, will be involved too. But like each is each is going to have its own sort of flavor. I'm really looking forward to it, too, honestly. I am enjoying this, but yes, I am pumped for those books to start. For the final issues of Hawks and Pox just to be like, here, this is everything. Now enjoy Pyro on a boat. <laughs> so, are you loving Hickman so far, or do you think he's a hick man? A hickish man. Would you kiss him right on his apocalypse? Don't do that without his consent. Whether or not he puts the rod in Nimrod... We'll be right back after a commercial break. Logan, Krakoa is on the phone. She misses you and wants to know when you'll be coming home. I go where I want to go. And where I want to go is Geekade.com. Geekade.com is a website where you can find content just for you, no matter what your geek is. She says you never uh, sniff her flowers anymore. Well, I'm not getting any sleep tonight. Whether you love video games or comic books, horror movies or wrestling, music or technology, Geekade.com has articles, podcasts, and even YouTube and Twitch channels just for you. The geek, bub! She says she doesn't like that dogwood tree you've been fucking on camera lately. She doesn't think you're acting. That's the point! That's the goal of an actor! God damn it, Karen! I'm doing a commercial right now! Tell Krakoa these commercials I do keep the roof over her and Jim Jr.'s heads! Check out Geekade.com today! Okay, so, we uh, we did this the last new episode. Uh, I figured I'd give it a try really quick before we recorded on Twitter. And so thank you guys for, for having some fun with us. And this time, I, f- I figured I would try it with our Instagram followers if you guys have any questions for us. So, this should be interesting. Alright, Descendants of Darkness asks, Have you read the Psylocke miniseries from a while ago? No. Okay, my answer is yes. I remember nothing about it. I remember getting it when it came out. Uh, I think it was, what, like four issues? But, yeah, again, I don't remember anything about it, but my answer is yes. I think David Finch did the covers? I could be wrong. I think Yost wrote it. I could be wrong about that, too. But, yes. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Euphoria BJC. Which X-Men would you kill off and how? Oh, God. I don't... I'm scared about what you're going to say. Either Cyclops or Emma, and I'm not sure yet. But it has to be gruesome and brutal. <laughs> That's all you got? Maybe like when Kitty when Kitty tore the heart out of Emma. That something like that. That was a good one. Okay. My answer is which X Men would I kill off and how? My answer is Jean Grey <laughs> and uh, 
let's see. Phoenix is going to inhabit Emma Frost, and Emma Frost is going to unhinge her jaw like a snake and eat Jean. I hate it. Yeah, well, that's what you get for being rude to me. That's what you get for being rude to me. You get your favorite character eaten by a blonde bird, fire bird lady. Okay, Jay Glasky asks, Okay, favorite Marvel magic user that's non-mutant. Mine is Damien Hellstrom and Doctor Doom. But what about you? You can you can go first again. Non-mutant. Then what's the point? Because <laughs> I said you can ask us anything. Uh, Amanda Sefton, I guess, because that's the only one that I know. <laughs> uh, Satana. Uh, Hellstrom's uh, sister. She is dope. I love her. She had a very interesting introduction back in the 70s by Chris Claremont. Uh, It was in the comics. I forget what series it was, but, you know, a lot of it was, like, prose with some pictures. But it was really interesting, and then she disappeared for a very long time and then started appearing again uh, in the early 2000s. And, yeah, I like her. I think she's dope. I think she's hot, and I think she's great. Okay, so Eric Prentice 13 are you open to covering more X-Men Evolution episodes in the future? What did you think of the ending of the show? I'm going to start with this one. My answer is yes. We have been doing our summer series for X-Men animated series, the three that there are. And so hopefully we can do that every summer. We'll see. Um, you know, recording and editing and stuff and writing for it and watching and everything. It's, it's all takes time. But hopefully we can do it again in the future, like next summer. I don't want to spoil the very end of the show because Patty hasn't watched the whole show and has never seen the ending. But I thought it was really dope and also really sad. And that's what I will say. Okay. But what do you think about covering more X-Men Evolution? Yeah, episodes? I want to watch all of them. Okay. So let's do it. Okay, good. Next question is from Gene Trash Comics. Pitch a solo series for one of your favorite characters. It has to be six issues long, but I'm curious. I would do Magneto Nazi Hunter taking place in the late 50s. I love that idea. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Let's see. Okay, I want a Pixie miniseries, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be her going around Wales and shopping. Her what? Going around Wales? Yeah, oh, she's Welsh. Oh my God. I I'm such I an idiot. Learn... I was thinking, I was like, what do whales in the ocean have to do with shopping? <laughs> I'm so sorry, our Welsh listeners. <laughs> I want to hear more Welsh lingo, like tidy. That was really cute. <laughs> okay, so I actually came up with uh, with one a bunch of years ago about Pyro, about Pyro before he was officially brought back to life. Um, about him coming back and living in Australia and him having a cat named Arson. And I thought that I, I, I kind of wanted to tie in this uh, one story. It might have been a single issue. It might have been the two issues of Daredevil when they were when Pyro and Blob like went to this town looking for this little girl who was an unregistered mutant. They were part of Freedom Force. Her name was Annie. She was a telekinetic. I don't think we've ever seen her again. Where she was, her life was somehow ruined, even though Daredevil saved her, and she was going to come look for vengeance. But they were going to have to team up, and they were going to take down. I was thinking of making Jonathan Chambers. Uh, the one who was feeding off of Pyro for a while when he revealed he had the legacy virus, making Jonathan Chambers like the villain of the book, keeping some people like locked up and feeding off their powers, and Pyro was going to get to the bottom of it with that girl Annie and maybe throw in Fantasia somehow. It doesn't sound very good. It sounded better on paper instead of me uh, unrehearsed saying it out loud. But yeah, so there you go. Rogue Gambit X-Men asks, besides the X-Men, what other X-Team do you like? Well, X Factor is my favorite team. Okay, I, I mean, I like I like all of them, 
The, but X Factor is always my favorite team. Always. Yeah. yeah, I like all of them too, obviously. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. No, I like New Mutants. New Mutants better, but X Force is up there too. All right. So Jewel, I am seven. Says, what was Jubilee Lee superpower, by the way? I remember she would throw little pink firecrackers. Yes. She would throw little pink firecrackers. That's her superpower. That's it. Next. You got it. <laughs> Red Medicine, zero, zero. If race is based on outward identifiers, how are mutants a race? Well, so that is an interesting question, but I think it depends on your definition. So if race can just be characteristics of a group, then that makes it a little easier. But... If you are saying outward identifiers, that's completely different. And yeah, I, because the mutants all have different powers. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if that's accurate or not. So if you say, like, a class of characteristics, well, then it's easy. Because then you can say, oh, the well, yeah, the X-Gene, then you can say the optic blasts, the blue skin, the claws, whatever. But, so I don't know if I would say it's based on outward identifiers. So I would still say that they do have their own characteristics within their group. So they could be considered a race. All right. So the frog-like drummer says, You touched on it a little with the X-23 episode from X-Men Evolution, but why is Logan such a shit dad to his own kids? Also, why is Gambit the only one with balls to call him on it? There was a crossover where Gambit was mentoring Laura while Wolverine was mentoring Vampire Jubilee. Can't remember the specifics, though. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember the specifics either, but that was during, um, I think it was X-23... Volume 3, maybe around 2010, and Wolverine and Vampire Jubilee had their own miniseries. Also, Gambit has huge balls. Gambit is the biggest balls because he's he's the Cajun balls. I mean, that's what Gambit is. Gambit is 50% balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also, as for his own kids, yeah. well, he didn't know about Duquesne and De- what are his other kids other than Laura? I mean, Laura, he kind of the like... Mongrels. Oh, well, he didn't know about those either. Yeah. He's been having a lot of unprotected sex. Um, <laughs> and Laura, while not really his kid, but more like his clone. Um, nah, still like his kid. Still like his kid. I don't know. I feel like he definitely took her under his wing a little yeah. bit. You don't think so? I mean, not as Tiny much bit. so as Jubilee, but I don't know. I feel like she would go to him if she had any kind of issues. Maybe. No, I get where he's coming from, though. And part of me, instead of, you know, like realizing that the Ken was bad, you know, and trying to help him or talk to him or do something more for him or having a closer relationship with Laura, which he could have and he could still be doing. I feel like it's his attachment issues. That's honestly what I think. I feel like he's old. He's been around a very, very long time. He's had relationships, and he's had relationships that have ended very badly. And so I feel like there's a part of him that he might not even admit that he is very fearful. He's scared of of trying to have a relationship with his own blood, rather than it's easier if it's like, oh, this is somebody who isn't related to me at all. I can take him under my wing and walk away at any time. It's different, I think, with family. At least that's what I think. Interesting. So, Lego X-Men Unlimited says, What are some character relationships, dynamics you'd like to see more of that maybe haven't been explored? For me, I'd say Emma and Psylocke. I haven't read them interact a lot in the stuff I've read, or I'd love to see more Quentin Magneto stuff. I'd love to see more Pyro Avalanche fan service. Yes, I agree. I I mean, you can't fan service or not. I would love to see more Pyro Avalanche, but we need to bring Avalanche back, so that is literally what I was thinking before you said it. 
Elio de Monac says, what kind of music do you usually listen to and what is your favorite singer, producer, group? Uh, I listen to death metal. My favorite group is Children of Bodom, but also I love... Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, also I love Lady Gaga, but um, I listen to Amon Amarth a lot and uh, also folk metal. So You know if you switch around the letters in Amon Amarth, you get Mona Martha? Do you know Thanks. that? <laughs> but they named the band after their moms. No, Amon Marth is a thing from Lord of the Rings. I forget what it is, but that's a thing that I know. Okay, fine. But I don't so know anything about Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings. Just Lord of the Rings moms are just Mona and Martha. <laughs> it's Mona Martha. Martha. No- How does nobody else understand that? Yeah, for me, I also listen to metal uh, almost exclusively, other than video game music and remixes, because there's some amazing stuff out there. But my f- my favorite band is Mashuga. Swedish experimental metal. They are fucking amazing. Next month, it'll be 20 years that I've been listening to them, so I am old. Uh, All right, so Mr. Red Wolf says, Do you think Emma and Jean will both take the hint that they can be great queens without Scott hanging over them like a vulture and leave his ass alone? I sure fucking hope so. (laughs) I wouldn't say Scott is like a vulture. Yes, he is. Stop. He's not like a vulture, but... I hope so. I've been saying this f- since Gene came back. I'm like, please, please keep them separate. And, and with the Emma pining over Scott in the recent Uncanny, like, no, we don't need. I lo- like, I love Emma and Scott. They're two of like my favorites. I think Gene is great, even though she's not one of my favorites. But I think that all three of them can do just fine without being in some sort of a love triangle. All right, so X-Men 12380, for both of you, put together your own X-Men squad of seven. Like, if you were in charge of a series, who would you pick for your team? Okay, I'd make an all-girl team, because fuck yes, we need that. I would do Jean. I'd do Magic and X-23, so we have some crazy on the team. So we need to balance out the crazy a little bit. So we will get Storm to be mom. We'll get Rogue to be mom. My two moms. My two moms. And then mm-hmm. we'll get Pixie and Jubilee to be their children. <laughs> so it's a it's a whole what? family. What? So we got some crazy stabby bitches. Mm-hmm. We got some moms. Uh, we got we, we got three moms because Jean can be mom or she can be crazy stabby bitch. Okay. And then we got the, the two little rascals. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, my squad, I am taking all five of the cuckoos. I am putting Emma in charge, uh-huh. and then we're also going to have Jean. <laughs> oh my god, I hate it. So, Chango ATX, I know him. Who is that? Juan. Oh. He's a good guy. All right, a fun one. Cast the crown queens of drag race as X-Men. Feel free to be as shady as you can. Well, that looks like a mugshot. What the fuck I know, it does look that? like a mugshot, doesn't it? Who's Tyra? She won season two. Okay. Yeah, so just, uh, I'm not a dra- uh, drag race expert like Patty, but I have seen just about all of the past few seasons. But, so, okay. BB, we will give Storm, because I feel like that's obvious Africa. Tyra, oh god, I fucking hated Tyra. <laughs> who's, who's a stupid bitch? Do not say what I think you want to say. <laughs> hmm... We'll come back to Tyra because I have to think about that. Fine. Um, season three. Okay. Uh, Raja. Raja is perfect in all ways. So I would say Monet. Oh, um, yeah. Nice. Sharon Needles, obviously magic. Stacy X. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Uh, Kitty Pride. 
That works. She's Jewish. Yeah. Bianca, we will make Santa Claus. Whoa, what? Yes. <laughs> Bianca isn't Santa Claus. Yes, she is. No. Yes, no. Santa Claus. No. I was Bianca... going to say, there's no clown. There's... There doesn't have to be a clown. Just... She's a clown. I know she's a clown, but, 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 huh. She's Santa Claus. Ugh. Uh, Violet Chashki, who cares? <laughs> Are you kidding? I loved Violet. Ugh. Violet is Emma. Ugh, okay. Bob. Who can Bob be? Gene. What? <laughs> no, Gene isn't funny. You're right. Oh, my God. Uh, Jesus, I can't even think of anybody for Bob. Maggot. <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, let's do Maggot. What? That's messed up. No. Sasha Buller, Professor X. Oh, my God, you're so fucking mean. <laughs> Aquaria, also, who cares? Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, who could have... Uh, Aquaria, Aquaria is... Uh, Aquaria is iBoy. <laughs> Evie, uh... Skin. <laughs> I was gonna say, Evie is perfect and there's nobody like her, but we'll go with skin. <laughs> okay. Lazy Bones. Uh, assemble your favorite team of international, non-American ex-folks. Pixie. <laughs> Pixie is a one-man army. <laughs> Pixie, I don't know if... Uh, Namorita, uh, Megan, Thinkcrawler... Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody else. Fine, you can take all of them. You know who I'm taking? Who? I'm taking Magic, One Man Army. And Pyro. Never mind. Fine. Fine. I thought I was thought throw some shade at you. Because she was born in Russia. I know. I'm <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, you're not stupid. But uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Pyro and Avalanche. Perfect <laughs> team. You cannot get a more perfect Where's team. Where's Avalanche from? Uh, Crete. Crete? Yeah, Greece. Oh, okay. The- cool. <clears throat> all right, TK Comics. For Jonathan, what do you want the Marauder ship to be called? Lockheed? Patty, what really got you into liking Strong Guy? You go first. Peter David's run on X Factor. Basically, as soon as I saw him, I was like, wow, this this guy just looks so stupid. What the fuck <laughs> is this? Uh, his name was Guido, and I thought that was a joke at first. <laughs> and uh, basically, just like the first time I saw him, which was the first issue he was in in X Factor, I think. No, I think I saw him before as Leela's bodyguard. But anyway, basically just Peter David, you know, giving him this ridiculous larger-than-life personality. The Marauder's ship? I would like to be called the Wet Willy. <laughs> uh, the next question is from Unfunky Yufu. Would you have liked to have seen what would have happened if Claremont had been able to continue his plans into the 90s? For example, Shadow King taking over the government, mutant wars, evil Logan, etc. Yes, because I trust Claremont with my life. Everything he writes is gold, and it would have been amazing. My answer is no, unless he was going to confirm every mutant as gay. All right, (laughs) next question is from Hellhog the Log. What's one team you'd like to see get a relaunch that hasn't been announced already? X-Factor. New X-Men slash Young X-Men. Young X-Men, but not the Guggenheim book. I just feel like the title would work. Like, more like the new X-Men style of uh, Craig Kyle and Chris Yost. All right. Uh, Donimo Smoove. Which guest X-Men or two would you have liked to have been on the permanent roster for the 90s animated series? I say Archangel and Iceman, since they were original X-Men. Uh, uh, Lorna. Lorna? Yeah. Okay. I would say, I don't know, Nightcrawler. I mean, he was a guest, what, he was only on maybe a couple of episodes, and he was just, like, so good that I think he would have worked really well on, on the team and would have made an interesting contrast to Logan, like he did in that one episode with uh, the whole religion thing. 
Uh, all right, made in the seventies says which X Men should be in the first MCU movie? Jean Grey. That's it. <laughs> Scott Summers and Emma Frost. All right, Dark Fury. Fury. Dark Furyman. What is your prediction for where Hoxpox is going? What title? Me. What titles will be in the second wave of X titles and featuring who? And what do you think of a queer Jean Emma relationship? They do have some hate. What about the love? No, you don't want to make a prediction for where Hoxpox is going. I feel like your answer is going to be more interesting. I have no idea what's even going on in these books. I don't know. It's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna end up being one of those big events that you know everything is going to be reversed after, and it's not going to have any impact at all. I love it. Great. <laughs> My prediction is time travel, because that's the most fun thing. I think uh, Moira X is going to travel to year 1000, and she is going to be the size of two galaxies. So she's going to be able to consume the phalanx, and she's going to poop out a new galaxy. And uh, that's where we're going to get Dawn of X. Uh, Second wave of X titles and featuring who? Uh, Young X-Men would be great. And what do I think of a queer Jean-Emma relationship? Uh, Relationship, no. One night stand, yes. They do have the hate, and I feel like could turn into, over the course of an issue or so, some sexual tension, and they could, like, make out or go at it or something, but nah, I, I, don't, I don't feel like a relationship would work. Yeah, I don't, think, stand. I don't think a relationship is anywhere near feasible, at least in this universe between them, just because of how much hate they have for each other. Um, Metal Magnet Man says, out of all the Charles Xavier relationships, which one do you think is the most stable? Somehow, in spite of the will they or won't rom-com cliche, I feel that it's Magneto. <laughs> I'm, I'm yes, going, yeah, yeah I'm, yep. I'm completely stable. agreeing. Thousand percent stable. And uh, final question. Cine Solo asks, what would you guys have as your ideal X-Men team? Not necessarily a lineup we've already seen, but your own dream. We sort of have already answered this, but let's do another one. Ideal X-Men team. Any team, funny book, written by Peter David, um, that doesn't have Emma or Scott in it. <laughs> he said it doesn't have to be a lineup, so I wasn't going to make another lineup. Okay, I am going to take the lineup that's going to be in the up- upcoming X-Men book, which is basically the Summers family, uh, plus Jean and, and Rachel. Uh, I'm going to replace um, Wolverine with Adam the Extreme. <laughs> All right, so thank you guys for sending in those questions. Uh, again, I thought that was that was fun, and we did it on Twitter, and I, f- I figured we'd do that on our Instagram page, too, to have some fun. All right, and so now, uh, since it is our third podcast anniversary, our podcast anniversary, if you will, I figured for Mutant Memories, we would talk about uh, the books that we talked about on episode one. Hashtag don't listen to episode one. Let's get that trending. And But I feel like every time I say that, like rebellious teenagers, people who listen, immediately go and I see a spike in the listens to episode one. Please don't listen to it. It's not reflective of our current views. <laughs> so we were in a really weird place in X-Men when we started this podcast. It was during the whole Ulysses and... Civil War! Civil War bullshit. Bam, bam, two! And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we thought oh the mutants are all gonna have to live on the moon because they're allergic to terrigen mess that was all bullshit but anyway we thought that uh the x-men were maybe going to be canceled replaced with the inhumans yep that didn't happen fuck it it was a scary anxious time but yeah so this we one of the one of the comics that we talked about on our first episode was civil war 2 x-men number two and yeah so this was it was during the whole Ulysses nonsense. And, and, and like, the, the sentiment of that is sort of interesting, but it's a plot point that's been done before. The Thought Police. Like, you can read that in literature and see that in movies. 1984. Um, yeah, exactly. So, 
and I don't even feel like this whole Civil War II was very impactful anyway, because I think... Where has Ulysses been since then? He went off into space, I think. He's... With, oh. uh, with like, Eternity or something? I had to look that up. I don't, I don't remember any any of that. I don't feel like there were any substantial deaths from it. I don't feel like there was anything huge. It was just sort of like seeing Iron Man on the quote-unquote side of good in this Civil War, as opposed to the first Civil War where he was, like, the bad guy. And in this, Captain Marvel is sort of, like, the bad one. You know, where she thinks, oh, predicting this stuff can be okay. We can go stop bad things before they happen. And, you know, and I also didn't really like how Storm was portrayed as stupid for a few years. Um, because in this issue, they're, they're stopping this attack, uh, they're stopping this brood attack. You know, she's like, she told Magneto about Ulysses, and Carol's pissed at her. And... Storm is like you're not suggesting you're not suggesting that Magneto would make a play for your list for Ulysses. I'm like, are you are you kidding? Like she's like Magneto must know the Inhumans would hold more than just him accountable. Since when has that mattered in the past? Like yeah, sure for for a bunch of years here, Magneto was on the quote unquote good side, but still Storm isn't stupid, and she also led the X Men into a fight with the Inhumans, and I feel kind of bad for her. You know, I mean, not every single issue of, like, this time period was bad and showed Storm in a terrible light, but just overall, she wasn't characterized very well during this time. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we had some, you know, side-switching. Psylocke switched from Magneto's team, Nightcrawler switched onto Magneto's team, so... Also, there was the faux French fight. Yes, some faux that French. was... Uh, <laughs> I remember being very aroused by that. Um, and uh, still again... So bring us more of that. Gambit and, uh, and Phantom X. Yeah, and now Phantom X doesn't even exist anymore. Sort of Whatever. going at it. Well, now we can see Gambit and Charles Xavier Ugh, go at it. I don't want to see that. You know, and I've come to realize, too, that like, I had a lot of complaints about Colin Bunn on X-Men. And I don't think he's a bad writer at all. But, like, I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of this volume of Uncanny. And I wasn't a huge fan of X-Men Blue. I don't think he's a bad writer. I'm just saying, like, they, in my opinion, weren't too great. I read his Venom when he was doing it, and I loved that. I read, I guess you say that, Helheim, which I thought was great from what I remember from years ago. I loved his Deadpool stuff. I loved his um, Magneto solo series, that, that, which was great. But, like, his X-Men team books, I guess, I'm just not a huge fan of. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought X-Men Blue had its moments. Uh, it was hit or miss, basically. But, so, yeah, so that was, like, the first comic that we talked about. Um, and then the next one is Uncanny X-Men number 10. And this was also during, uh, this was like at the end of Apocalypse Wars. Do you remember I that? I did not even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it ran through like the three X-Men team books. You know, like they each took place in like a different time. One was in like the past. I think Beast traveled to the past or something accidentally. This took place in the present. And then the X-Men kids were like in the future. And this was this was just starting around the time that the movie X-Men Apocalypse came out. So we're like, oh yeah, so of course this is going to happen. So by the time we recorded this, it was just about over. Yeah, I don't remember that. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a flock of archangels and like all the townspeople are like, the sermons, they can't be true, not this. But I did really like the art in this issue. It was kind of rough and Oh, it was gritty. Greg Land, right? No, it was Ken Lashley. The covers were by Greg Land. I thought that some of the interiors were by Greg. They Glenn. they were. I don't remember if he was if he did interiors for the entire series, but he did do some of the interiors. This one was not. It was not Greg. Are Land, you sure? Because yes. I feel like I remember the interiors being Greg Land. Me, but not all of them. 
They, they can't be. This okay. one, like I said, this one was Ken Lashley, who I like as an artist. And like I said, this the, the interior on this was kind of rough and gritty, but I really enjoyed it. He made Psylocke as Lady Mandarin fucking gorgeous. And Magneto tearing genocide apart um, was just fucking... I mean, it was no Magneto tearing Apocalypse in half, but it was still gorgeous watching Magneto destroy him. You remember Mouth Hands time? I do. All the time we were that saying was, Mouth Hands. That was the only thing that I remember <laughs> about reading this book that I read like two days ago. Yeah. yeah. They're really... And honestly, we kept saying Mouth Hands, even though they're more like hand mouths. Yeah, but but that we got the title of the first episode from from that because she's got a mouth on each hand mm-hmm. plus her own mouth. Right. So yeah, so she can go down on three different ladies simultaneously. Yeah, three girls, one Monet. Title <laughs> of the first episode. I can't believe I cannot believe that Chris was okay with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining, but <laughs> I'm just like, is, is that all right? He's like, yeah, sure, that's that's fine. So, so, um, this was like really the good part of the book too. Really had Monet and her fighting with her brother and then he turns into a gas and then she gets the extra mouths. But it was also like the art was good and it was sad when Sabretooth finds her and was like, yeah, you can feed on me, you know? Feed on me (laughs) when you're not strong. Uh Uh-huh. Use all three mouths. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. So what'd you think? Well, like I said, I don't really remember this, and I read it like two days ago, and I feel like maybe I read a different issue than you, but you said 10, and I don't remember yeah. any of the things you mentioned other than the, the hands, but <laughs> but but Sabretooth didn't offer his blood or whatever yeah. he in this issue that I read, so maybe I didn't read issue 10, but I'm pretty sure it was issue 10. Was it with Magneto sitting sexy on a chair? No. Okay, well, I read that one. <laughs> And that one did have Greg Land interiors, so that's why I'm right. Great. Okay. You read the wrong issue. No, I didn't. You yes, did. you did. <laughs> well, then what the fuck did I read? <laughs> Wait. Did you did you read, like, a different volume of Uncanny? No, it was 2016. Damn. I don't know what you read then. Wait, let me see. Okay, I can't figure out which one it was, but it wasn't that one. <laughs> Fine. The last issue, the last new comic that we talked about on episode one was all new Wolverine number 10. Which, uh, yeah, duh, we both loved. Um, but this was the one where uh, Old Man Logan is tied to the bed. Yes, I love this one. Yeah, and meets Gabby, like officially, yes. and Jonathan. And, and the whale song. And the whale song, right? That's where the whales comes from. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I love this book so much. I love the art in it. I just posted a panel from it, like, today. It came up in my time, memories. Huh? From three years ago, yeah. Batty. Yeah. Well, I think it was the next issue, actually. Probably. Yeah. But, oh my god, I loved it so much. And then, you know, their robbers come in through the window, and Wolverine is like, oh, why did you leave the window open? And she's like, flying boyfriend. And I was like, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And That was weird. Yeah, when she was dating Angel, that was, I don't know. It was really weird. It didn't really seem like... They meshed. I don't know. But, he's but yeah, when yeah, he's pretty. But when they came in, they they just started laughing. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? And then they shot Jonathan, and they they were like, okay, time to start fucking shit up. Then, I was getting excited. Ahead. No, because because Laura and Logan were like had the claws out and were ready to yeah. go. And Gabby like pushes them aside and flies through the air and just fucking knees the one dude in the face. She's so pissed that Jonathan got hurt. Now, of course, he's okay. Like, in the the way the panel looked, it looked like a bullet went right through him. 
But apparently, you know, it just grazed him. And so he was he was going to be okay. Because he was the first one to go after the guys with the guns. He was, like, fucking foaming at the mouth. I was like, oh, my God. But, oh, it was, it was so cute. Just just the way Gabby introduced herself to Logan. And that panel where he's opening yes. the can with his claws. Yes. And she's like, are you going to pick that up? Because he I'm just, not exactly domestic. Yeah, he drops it on the floor. And she's like, do you think you're cool? You need to pick that up. <laughs> It was so funny. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, it was Tom Taylor on it. He was so good. This was such a good series. And they called him Jonathan the Unstoppable. It's adorable. But, obviously, this has to tie into Civil War II and Ulysses somehow. Because at the beginning of the issue, Ulysses has some weird vision of, like, I don't know, what, Gabby killing someone or something like yeah. that? I don't know. And so everybody has to be worried, and so that's why, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. goes to Laura's apartment. Oh, no, they thought that Logan was going to kill Gabby, and... Whatever. Gabby, like, old man Logan knew Gabby from the future and knew that she killed some people or whatever, so he was, like, a little bit, like, eh. Worried about her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had to tie this into the whole Civil War II and Ulysses and Inhumans and whatever sort of nonsense, but... Yeah, the rest of this issue was great. The dynamic between the three characters, um, the fact that they had these burglars come in and the reaction, laughing at them and just being like, oh, you just stumbled into like the worst thing. Like, just go get out now. And then, you know, I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, we had fun doing the first episode at the time. We've had fun since, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I can't, I cannot believe that it has been three fucking years that we have been doing this. You know, things have changed a bunch over time. When we started, it was exclusively new comics and whatever sort of news or stories I would find online to talk about. Month. Huh? And once a month. Yeah, and once a month, too. And I was only promoting it on uh, on Facebook. And then I joined the fucking One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men group. And so that's, that's you know, all we were all we were doing for it. And then, you know... Things changed to include older comics and then got on Instagram and started doing twice a month, got on got on Twitter too. And so yeah, it's like I said earlier, we've each invited a writer to guest on the show, haven't heard back. We may not hear back from them and that'll stink, but it's okay, we can try others. I still absolutely love doing this. I still have fun being able to like freely speak our minds about something that we're both very passionate about. And wanna sincerely, because I don't think I say it enough, is sincerely thank everybody. Uh, who has listened to us at any point in the three-year history, supported us. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> so that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What do you think of Moira being a mutant? How do you think Dead Man Logan is going to end? Join us next time when we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. And until then, thank all of you listeners and followers for the past three years. You You were were right. right.